Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it has been one month exactly since we have released our last episode. We apologize for the slight hiatus, but we've been busy bees. Michael, he's got a new job. I'm just a lazy sack of shit. And we're happy to be back in the studio. The on-air sign is on. The air is thin, but we are ready to breathe. Breathe out, back in, and then give you a little bit of banter. Speaking of banter, what are we going to start off with, Michael? I think we're going to do a little back and forth on the Mets and the Yankees. Perfect timing. Got a love Subway it. series, supposed to start today. Didn't happen. Doubleheader tomorrow. Load of bullshit. Horrible for ticket sales. We are now no longer able to go to the game. You hate I got, to see it. I hate to see it. I got a doctor's appointment. Can't miss it. Definitely hate to see it. Um, we're going to follow up little Mets and Yanks banter, which is a hometown favorite, with a segment that we call Kaiki Kim Going Out to Din. And that, my friends, is about, if you couldn't guess it, Dallas Keuchel and Craig Kimbrell finally signing with some teams. You gotta love it. The fucking wait is over. Following that segment, we are going to delve into our analysis of the all-star selections, or the all-star voting rankings, as they stand for the American League, and how we think they're gonna turn out for the National League, which I believe comes out tomorrow. So, ladies and gentlemen, Michael, anything else to add? Can't wait to get started. Sorry for the long hiatus, mm -hmm. but we're back. Happy to be back. Happy to be back. Gotta love it. You hate to see it. And you absolutely have to suck it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hit him with a little bit of Tommy Rowe, Sweet Pea. How are we doing? Come on now, boy. Bring your kitties, bring your wife, and I guarantee to have the time of your life because the Mets are really sucking the ball, knocking those home runs right over the wall. East side, west side, where are we going, Mike? Everybody's coming down to meet the METS Mets of New York town. Oh, the baker and the biker and the people of the streets. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. Oh, they're hooting and they're hollering. They're jumping in their seats. Where do they go? To meet the Mets. Oh, the fans are true to the orange and blue. So hurry up and come on down. We're having ourselves a ball club. The Mets of New York Town. Give me a yell. Give me a cheer. And let them know you're rooting in the stands. Come on and meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to step right up. You have to greet them. If you don't greet them, they're going to be very, very disappointed. And we're going to have an absolute shit show of a night. But we're greeting them. So ladies and gentlemen, the New York Mets. How about these Metropolitans turning it around? I would like to start it off just with a quick little good old-fashioned fun fact. Turning it around. What is that face for? I'm turning it around. Since the Jason Vargas complete game shutout, which was probably the highlight of the season, I'm calling it that is the Wilmer Flores crying moment of this season. We are about to go on an absolute tear. We're crawling up the NLE standings. We're knocking on the Phillies' door. We're saying, hey, Mr. Fanatic, you're about to eat a gigantic duke because we're taking you downtown to Poundtown, USA. So, with that being said, Nice little fun fact for you. Since 2011, Clayton Kershaw has thrown the most shutouts in the majors, with 14. The second most shutouts, with eight. A man by the name of Jason Vargas. Ladies and gentlemen, Jason Vargas is now off my shit list. He is turning a new leaf he might even be growing a couple stems and plucking off a couple berries because this man, over his last eight starts, has a sub 2.5 ERA. He has given up no more than one run over those eight starts, with, except one of them, the outlier being three runs. With all that being said, 
a handful of those starts were only four innings. But still, the fact that this man had a 14 ERA at the end of April and has now turned it around where he now sits pretty at a 3-5 ERA, that is the thing of beauty, and that's the kind of thing that we need that, that rejuvenation from, uh, from the Mets rotation. Cindergard, quality start as late last time around. Went deep, we get up one-armed, you gotta love it. Honestly, folks, rotation, I have a feeling we are on the cusp of breaking through. You know what DeGrom is capable of. You know what Syndergaard is capable of. We've seen flashes of Wheeler and Mats. If they can just keep it, you know, year around a four, I'll be happy. But if we can start producing, start throwing some fire, Vargas stops pitching to a tune of 14 ERA, we're talking about a whole different team. Because, again, over the last two months, we've had no problem really scoring. You know, we've been averaging quite a good number of runs per game. So if the offense can continue, Big Dick Pete swinging that meat, Jesus Christ Almighty, the boy is not going to like, like it's nobody's business, like it's his secondary job. And I'm feeling pretty good. There, there's a, a couple bones to pick, specifically with Mickey Callaway. The guy is making some very boneheaded moves. I know you, a couple episodes back, were talking about the players themselves making very stupid moves on the base pass. This is the Yanks I'm talking about. Bad moves on the base pass. All the while, been praising Boone. My opinion, Mets has been the exact opposite. Players are really doing what they kind of need to do outside of our pitching. Our pitching sucks, Duke, but that's, you know, goes without saying. But Mickey Calloway is making these stupid moves, especially when the team isn't producing to their full potential. Last Tuesday in Syndergaard's start two games ago. Thor is on the mound, 103 pitches. There's a man on first, two out. Mickey decides to take a step to the mound and brings in Seth Lugo. Now, you have Thor in a game where he's just been pitching, pitching, pitching. Hasn't been a stellar start, but there's two outs. Fucking Mike Yastrzemski is on first. It's not like it's Ricky Henderson. Callaway, after the game, he said, I was nervous that Syndergaard wouldn't be able to keep the runner on first. Then we get a man in scoring position. That was his rationale for bringing in Lugo, who then proceeds to give up a single and a double. The game is now tied. Syndergaard does not have a chance to get the win. Those are the kind of boneheaded mismanagement moves that Callaway is making in these games, that especially when the team isn't producing to their max potential, like I said, you cannot afford to have these stupid things come out like that. You need a guy who has a good head on his shoulders and knows exactly what moves to make in which situations. And unfortunately, this season, I just have not been impressed with what Callaway has had to offer as a manager. I think so. Uh, right. I, I, I said a lot there. You said so, a lot. I'm going to so unpack. I'm going to unpack. unpack it. Unpack it. you got to take the underwear out. First, whenever I go to a hotel, I always unpack my clothes and put them in the dresser. I think I'm the only person I know who does that every single time. If I'm going for an overnight trip, taking out my undies, taking out the one tank top that I always bring, in case it's a pool. I'm taking out all the rest of my clothes, putting them in, in all the drawers, undies on the top, socks on the top. Shirts, tank, middle. Pants and shorts, bottom. If you don't do it like that, there's a little something, there's something off. Regardless, I digress. Michael, carry on. A lot to unpack here. Underwear first, of course. Of course. Put it all in the drawers, cover it off on that. Yeah. So let's let's start at the top here. So I think the first thing you said was about Jason Vargas. Mm. Jason Vargas has been a revelation so far uh, the past, say, month or so over his eight starts. He sweats a lot. He's very ugly. Just call it what it is, a very ugly guy. But uh, we're seeing why the Mets were so adamant about keeping him as that fifth starter. I don't believe that this is something that is going to continue. I can see him having a few more of these good starts, but I, I just do not see this as a long-term solution for the Mets this year. Um, the next part of this is about the pitching staff as a whole. I think Noah Syndergaard has still been an enigma for the Mets. I mean, I think you get a good start here. You get a mediocre start there. You get a horrible start. I, I just think this guy has had so much potential for his entire career um, and this year, he's just not living up to it. Um, he doesn't feel like that ace that you were hoping he would be with, with Jacob deGrom. 
I think we sat here at the, in the preseason and, and you referred to him as an ace. There, in no way, shape, or form has the guy been an ace. Absolutely not. Everyone knows he's got that electric stuff. Um, he's got the slider. He's got the fastball. It just hasn't been clicking for Noah Syndergaard this year. Um, and you really do got to wonder, what's going on with Noah Syndergaard? Is he just not that great? Does he need a change of scenery? Depends a little bit, maybe. Oh, I don't like the way that, that I don't like the way that sounds. I'm just saying, and so it's also it's not like he's playing like, like he's getting you know out hit by good teams. No, he had six earned against the Tigers, and yeah. and that was going to be my next point. So you said that the Mets, you're happy they are back on track. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to tie this in with my thoughts on Mickey Callaway. I a little bow on that, Michael. I think that June is going to seal Callaway's fate. Here's why. Starting now, the Mets have to play the following teams for the remainder of June. We got the New York Yankees, first place in the American League East. Left. We got the St. Louis Cardinals. Have been struggling a little bit recently, have a very similar record to the Mets, but still a talented team. Uh, we have them playing the Atlanta Braves. Then they go to Chicago, play the Cubbies. Then they go to Philly. They play the Phillies, of course. Philly, Phillies, Phillies, come on. And then they finish it up at home against the Braves. That is going to be a tough stretch. It's going to be a litmus test for the Mets. If it, It's very possible that at the end of this month, you have your decision whether or not yeah. you need to buy at the deadline or sell at the deadline. And I think if they, get, if they cannot get out of this month with a winning record, if they get crunched, as is possible this month, one game under. One game under, Mickey Callaway is done. I agree. The flip side of that is that they could go on a run. They could have a great month of June. They could. All of a sudden, the conversations are a little bit different. I do want to bring up one thing in terms of Mickey Callaway. He stinks. He stinks. Let me ask you something. On a recent broadcast over the weekend, Joe Girardi doing his job. I want him. I want him. a lot of positive things to say about some of the young Mets relievers and players. Give me your thoughts on Joe Girardi potentially being the fill-in that is inevitably coming at some point for Mickey Calloway. Yes, yes, and one more yes. Joe Girardi is a guy with proven experience, with proven success. Mickey Calloway is an inexperienced, excellent five o'clock shadow. Buffoon. He's a buffoon. He's a big old sack of duke, and I'm not afraid to say it. Again, the guy's in-game management is absolute shit. It's like, okay, sure, you could be great for morale, and I know Syndergaard came out and he said, all this talk about Mickey getting fired is a load of bullshit. Direct quote. So he's not going anywhere. But that being said, you can only get so far with morale being your top trait. You know, when it comes to making these actual managerial decisions in-game, Lineups, management of the bullpen, these are things that Joe Girardi would excel in every category compared to Mickey Galloway. And I think he would be good with connecting with the young players as well, right? Just because Mickey's a young, hip kind of dude with an excellent five o'clock shadow doesn't mean that he's the kind of manager that you want for your team. And Girardi, I would take him 10 out of 10 times if I had the opportunity. One last, one last thing on Girardi, there's no doubt about it, he's very good at connecting with young players. We saw it in his first managerial stint with the then Florida Marlins. Yeah, baby, throwback. We saw it late in his tenure with the New York Yankees, building relationships with guys like Judge and All Rise. Him and Sanchez didn't get along so much. Uh, Be man, but he is good at leading a clubhouse. There's no doubt about it. I was of the camp that he should never have been fired from the New York Yankees. Absolutely not. But he would be a nice. Having said, look who you got. Booney. Booney, Booney baby. boy, Booney baby, come on. Big shout out to Matthew Boone, no relation, but Matt, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Suck it. But yeah, I think this month is a big test for the Mets. I think Callaway's job is done. I think he's done at some point this season. We'll see how the, uh, we'll see how the month goes. We'll see how the month goes, see how it shakes out. Plenty of baseball. It's a long season. Long season. Games. And nobody in that NL East is particularly great. It's anybody's ball game. It's going to be a bloodbath to the very end. Honestly, the Nationals aren't even done yet. They're creeping back. Five games on there. Well, they creep, creep. 
Only two games behind the New York Mets. Also, the Braves. I mean, we'll get to the Keuchel thing in a bit. But the Braves, this year, have won three games when trailing by three or more runs in the ninth. That's more than the rest of the majors combined. So that just kind of epitomizes that you know they're a fighting team, and they're not going anywhere. They're second in the division right now. And, again, they got guys like Freeman, Ozzy. These are guys that are going to be gritting their teeth and fighting neck and neck with the Mets and the Phils. I want to save my thoughts on the Braves for the Kaiki Kims going out to Din segment. So now, a word from our sponsor. Oh, I wish I was an Oscar Mayer wiener. That's what I truly want to be. For if I was an Oscar Mayer wiener, everyone would be in love with me. Oscar Mayer, baby, what do you say? Everybody take a little duke. Oscar Mayer, love those wieners. Love those sausages, too. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Oscar Mayer Wiener. That was a unique jingle. We got hot dogs. I think that's all we got. We got so many fucking hot dogs. They will be getting tossed down your gullet. You're going to look like a regular Joey Chestnut out there. Or maybe even a Kobayashi. It was an international waters. So Joey Chestnut, personally my idol, I was in the hot dog eating contest Two years in a row. Uh, first year, I lost to a man named Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, if you are listening to this podcast, you can absolutely go fuck yourself because it was a bullshit competition. It was supposed to be 10 minutes. They cut it to five midway through. I had 10 hot dogs down. He had 12. I had so much more room left in my stomach because I was pacing myself. And he was like, he turns to me and he says, dude, if I had one more, I was, I'm about to vomit. I look him dead in the eyes, pick up a hot dog, start eating it. I had two slices of pizza right afterwards, then a margarita, just to prove to myself that I had plenty of room. I would have had 18 hot dogs if it was a 10-minute competition, blown everybody out of the water. It would have been a bloodbath. Most frustrating thing in my life. Yeah. Michael, how much do you love Oscar Mayer wieners, though? I mean, the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. Oh, don't even get me started. Unbelievable automobile. The wiener mobile. You love seeing it driving around town. Little hot dog, little bun. A little bun. Driving around, four-wheel car. Four-wheel drive. There's nothing like it. There's really nothing quite like the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. It's what I truly want to be, wish to be, for if I was an Oscar Mayer Wiener. What would happen then? Well, I'm fairly... Well, Michael, I'm fairly certain that everyone would be in love with me, which is something that right now, we know that's not the case. Come on, hopeless romantic. How we doing? Come on, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We are about to talk about one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees. Come on. Now let me tell you something. As we sit here today, the Yankees are sitting at a cool 40 and 24. They are tied with Tampa Bay for first place in the American League East. Gotta love it. In the month month of May, the Yankees had a all-time franchise month and a historical month going 20 and 7 in the process winning nine straight series unreal the yankees were unbelievable in the month of may now past week it's been a little bit of a dookie kick now they've gone two and four in their last six it's not great it's not what you want to see gotta love it it's actually i think two and five in their last seven oof now I think everyone needs to calm down a little bit. You gotta stink. Think about this. Everyone on Twitter getting up in arms. The Yankees have lost some games recently. You gotta realize it is a long season. No team is hot from start to finish. And they're going to go through some periods like this where not everything is going their way. Happens. Overall, Yankees Nation needs to be very proud of this team. We sat here little over a month ago actually it's probably been almost two now we said the mantra was going to be stay afloat until the boys come back well the boys have started to come back the villains have been good and the yankees are 16 games over 500 
Well, how did we get here? It's unbelievable. How did we get here? Well, first of all, we have one of, if not the best signing of the offseason. His name is David John. He makes long gone. His name is DJ LeMayhew. <laughs> DJ LeMayhew was the perfect addition to the New York Yankees. Yep. They needed a guy. Everyone pointed to their pitching when they lost to the Red Sox mm-hmm. in the ALDS. Well, it wasn't just the pitching. They couldn't get timely hits. They were striking out too much. So what do you do? You go get someone who puts the ball in play, hits for a high average, and gives you great at bat after great at bat. DJ LeMayhew, number one in the major leagues right now with a 491 batting average with runners in scoring position. You'll love to see it. He has, I believe... 41 runs batted in from the leadoff spot primarily. The guy has been a godsend. We love you in New York. DJ LeMayhew, thank you for being you, sir. How else did we get here? Gary Sanchez. The Sanchino. The Bean Man. Gary Sanchez. Everyone's talking about the uh, the home runs that he's hitting, leading the American League. You'd love to see it. He's back, baby, with the bat. The Kraken has returned. Well, it's not just his bat. The defense has been cleaned up a lot from Gary Sanchez and that arm, man. He's got the quickest pop time, I believe. If not the quickest, he's in the top three in, in all of baseball. Oh, yeah. He is. You can tell he's playing with confidence because he's chucking down to second when he thinks he can get someone out. He did it against Boston uh, you know, last weekend, and you just love to see that out of Sanchez. He's, he's back in a big way. Clearly was a little hurt last year, had a bad year, but he's back and he's helping the Yankees big time. Who else do I want to talk about? Well, how about shout out to a guy that's probably not getting enough due. His name is Cameron Maven. Oh, the Maven baby. Call me Maven, Carly Ray Jepsen. Come on. Love her, sweetheart. Now, <laughs> Carly Ray Jepsen, call me Maven. This guy has been sensational. The Yankees. Depleted outfield depth. It's not looking good. Go to Hickey Man's back. Hickey Man's back. They go to the they go to the Cleveland Indians, who also don't have outfield depth, and they decide to make a nothing trade for Cameron Maven. Well, Cameron Maven. That's unreal. This guy has been phenomenal. Anybody who plays on the fucking pinstripes. Well, they have a great analytics department, and they just know what they're doing. To give you an idea of what Cameron Maven has been up to this year. How about over his last 10 games, heading into yesterday, I, um, this is not including yesterday's stats, the guy was hitting 400 over his last 10 games. You love to see that. How about overall, hitting 289 with a 379 OBP? Jesus. The guy has been very good. It's not being talked about enough. And by the way, put some nice defense out there in the outfield. Now, there are a lot of other guys I can give shout-outs to. Luke Boyd is another one. Guy has been awesome. Probably deserves to start the All-Star game at first base. We'll get to that in a little bit. Come on. You have Gio Urshela, the happy fella. The guy continues to impress everybody around. Uh, And the Yankees are finally starting to get healthy. And overall, this looks good. It feels different than last year. This team feels special. They fight. They win games late. You never feel like they're out of it, and they are a gritty bunch. One thing, yesterday, almost on the verge of getting swept in Cleveland, they, Didi Gregorius in his third game back, made a bad error that looked like it was going to cost the Yankees the game. Oh, I texted you when that happened. I said, suck it. I think everyone watching that game, any baseball fan would have thought the Yankees were dead in the water in that game myself and the train man included but a gritty team a team with heart comes back the next inning and picks the guy up they get the run and they win that game that was it wasn't it was ugly it wasn't the way you like to see it but it's big that you can win a ball game like that and salvage a series mm. now i will say one thing the yankees have probably one issue that you could really point to i won't just say one but one big one, and that is starting rotation depth. It's being talked about at length. 
throwing out guys that I've never heard of. They're throwing out guys that you've never heard of. And here is the issue. Domingo Herman just goes on the IL. Can't call it the DL. The IL yeah. with a hip flexor strain. Well, what does that leave them with? I hate to see that. Leaves them with Masa Tanaka, Naga Nacion, Paxton, Jimmy Paxton, CC Sabathia, Carson Charles, gotta love him. Shout out. And Jay Happ, the secondary happy fellow. Right. So right now, Yankees are sitting with four real starters. They're having, having to go with an opener. Even without the Herman injury, you don't know how many innings he's going to be able to throw this year. Never thrown above like 114 or something like that. Wow. So you can't really see him going past like 150. Like that, even that is a big jump. Um, you have guys like Paxton and Sabathia who are consistently getting hurt. Uh, Sabathia up there in age, he's not going to be able to you know make 35 starts for you. Paxton has never been able to do that in his career. Already spent a little time on the IL. The Yankees are clearly in need of some pitching help. I'd love to see them go out and get someone at the deadline. The top two names on my list, Psycho Tizzy and Max Scherzer, should the Nationals decide to sell. Could happen. Neither of those guys are really appearing in the headlines just yet. It's mainly been Mad Bums and Marcus Stroman. Which Mad Bum, shout out, you gotta love the fact that he picks a fight with every single batter that hits a dong off of him. That funky monster. And and, and they, they'll watch it for like half a second and he takes personal offense to it. Personally, when Max Muncy hit the dong off of him, he watched maybe for a second. And he hits it the fucking thing like 450 feet to McCovey Cove. It to the moon, baby. I mean, it went beyond the canoes and the kayaks. So, of course, you got to appreciate it a little bit, especially hitting off of a guy like Mad Bum. It's not like he took the bat and chucked it into the dugout. It's not like he, you know, made a puig clapping towards the dugout or anything like that. Mad Bum loses his shit. Personally, I fucking love it. I love the rough and tough, nitty-gritty attitude that he's got. It's that classic... You know, douchey ball player kind of thing, taking personal offense to everything. Big fan. If he went to the Yanks, though, he can suck an absolute duke. Regardless, he can suck an absolute duke because he kills the Mets every single time he plays him. I really liked, actually, what he said about it afterwards. I, I don't have the exact quote, but he said basically something along the lines. They asked him about it, and he said, you know, I know it sounds really stupid. You guys, everyone says you continue to let the kids play, and I just can't do it. You want them to be them? Well, I still got to be me. Right. And that's the thing. He can address that he might be a little out of line. And that's the thing. I don't I don't mind it. If you, you know, it'd be a different story if next inning he plunks someone. someone right in the head. Right. You know, you can't beat him. You can't beat him. Gary Sanchez style. You can't do that. Um, there's only one beam man in the league. Let's be fair. Um... So, you know, you can't, you know, as long as he's not beating anybody, I'm okay with it. I think it's hysterical, though. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it is hilarious. Um, I, I liked his comments afterwards, and he doesn't like getting beat. And he's pitching a little better recently. Heard they have a lofty asking price for him. I'm sure they do. He's mad bum. He's a bum man. He rides dirt bikes for a living. Come on. I don't think he can get that much for him. Yeah, but he, yeah but he loves dirt bikes. How much does he love dirt bikes? Loves them. He could have been in the decom motocross, actually. Huh. Motocross, riding those 150ccs. So one other, back on the Yanks topic, the other big shout-out that I think you missed is the bullpen. you got four guys who have pitched at least 25 innings and have a sub-3 ERA. Two of them with a sub-2. Now that alone speaks volumes. Absolutely. You know, I mean, personally, I think Chapman is a little bit of a wild child. I think it's a blessing that he has a 1-4 ERA right now. I could easily see that you know, imploding in the span of a week. That being said, Adovino was the best move of the offseason, next to maybe Beach, LeMay. Um, but you got Canley, you got Britton, who's another, he would, be, he, would, he would be the immediate closer on the other team. You know, so your bullpen is fucking stacked. And that, it, it, again, you were complaining about the starting rotation, if you guys could just give four innings, I would be comfortable throwing the bullpen out there. Especially, you know, you get Patances, and he starts throwing some heat, too. 
So I think it's interesting, actually, because I, I completely agree. Um, I do think it appears with the four guys going the way that they are, um, you know, that they have a stacked end of the bullpen. You know, from innings six to nine, you feel pretty comfortable. doesn't always work out, as we saw yesterday. Um, but it does feel like if Batances doesn't come back, they should look at potentially acquiring someone else. You, you do still have some time to evaluate the rest of the options, but I, I would be interested to see if they make a play for a reliever if Batances isn't able to get himself back and healthy only, within the next month and a half. I would only do that after you secure another starter. Right. That yes, has, that, oh, the starter's that, first. That has to be the top runner. But one thing I will say, and this is not a guy that I personally, watching through the eye test, have a ton of confidence in, but you gotta give a shout out where a shout out is due in his last eight games. A reliever who's not in that big four. His name is Chad Green. Mr. Green he has pitched 9.1 innings with a 1.93 ERA and had 13 strikeouts and zero homers allowed. Chad Green, I'm not ready to say it yet, but he looks to be doing a little bit better than he was early in the season when they needed to send him down. He would be a big addition to this bullpen if he can start to pitch the way we know he's capable of uh, and then I would not think that you need to go get someone else yes yeah, that is true Mr. Green holding down the fort Mr. Green aka the butcher from Hey Arnold Mr. Green in the ballroom with the revolver boy howdy Michael how about it I don't even know what reference that is what is that what are you saying that's a clue oh yeah anyway uh those are my Yankees thoughts. Overall, very pleased. Hope it continues. Gotta love to see it. Let's go Yanks. Mets stink. We'll see you in the Subway Series, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate everything that you just said, but now a word from our sponsors. I want chicken. I want liver. Meow mix, meow mix, please deliver. Meow, 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 meow. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. It's Meow Mix bringing your cats because we're filling up their food bowls with Meow Mix. What's in it? Chicken, liver, and Meow Mix. You think when cats see their bowl filled up with Meow Mix, it's like the equivalent of me or you getting like a really good steak. Like a ribeye. I was just going to say nice. a ribeye. Oh, I'm thinking porterhouse. Oh, we're doing porter. I'm thinking porterhouse. Okay, we'll do a little pork for the boys. And that's like that feeling that they get when they see the meow mix. There's a little chicken, yeah. a little liver. It's this euphoric kind of emotion that is, you really, you can't explain it. You just know you're about to have a great meal. Yeah. It and comes in and it's, 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 it's like sizzling. Oh. And you can smell it and the steam's coming out. And you're you like, waft it. Holy shit. That's how I imagine cats feel I think when they get meow mix. I, when, I, when I see a steak being put on the table, I think my reaction is literally me breathing out and just saying, holy shit. I think I do that every time. Yeah. I would love to see the security footage of me at the last steakhouse I was at. Yeah. Um, and you just got to wonder, are cats feeling that way when they get a little meow mix? You hope so. You love to see it. You got to suck it. Oh, you absolutely have to suck it. You definitely have to suck it. That's a guarantee. There's no doubt about it. Also, that. cats are far inferior compared to dogs. Dogs are the best house pets. Everybody knows it. I really can't, lot. can't argue it. If you say cats are better, you're a little bit of a psychopath, maybe an introvert. I don't know. But either way, I think it's a guarantee that you're going to have to suck that. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our segment called Kaiki Kim Out to Din. That was sick. Nice little jang. Oh, little jang? Little jang. Jangle, jangle. What do you say? What do you say now, boy? What do you say now, boy? What do you say now, boy? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say now, boy? Ladies and gentlemen, Kaiki Kim out to din. Where are we going? Maybe a steakhouse. I guarantee they're going to steakhouses because they just signed some big money boy deals. Kaiki definitely did not get what he was looking for. What did he get? An extra like two and a half mil compared to what he was gonna get from Houston. Is that really Keiko is that yeah. really worth it? Think about it in retrospect. If you're Keiko, are you saying he's definitely settling? I think that's a guarantee. Guarantee. 
Are you saying, I really wish I just fucking signed with the Strohs? I mean, it's the fucking Astros, right? The Braves, it's an interesting team, right? They're, they're fighting to be a contender. But it's like, you could have been on a guaranteed playoff team, potential World Series team for $2 million less, you know? Well, I think it really comes down to this with Keiko. I mean, the question is, how good is he going to be? Because if he comes back, let's say, end of this month, early July, and pitches great down the stretch, maybe he gets that contract next offseason. Totally. Not going to throw out that possibility. He's, he's been throwing 90 or you know, 95 pitch simulated games every five days. That means right. almost it's, nothing. Right. right. means nothing. I don't know what that means. That's like going to the batting cages and just, you know, chucking, you know, chucking a little... Yeah. General ball against the wall. Congratulations, Dallas. He's, he's, playing, he's playing wall ball. That's sick, what he's sick marketing tactic by Scott Boris. This was a big old strikeout for him. You hate to see it, Scotty boy. Yeah, he fucked up. Scotty fucked up. This is my... Scotty doesn't know that yeah, yeah, Dallas yeah. isn't gonna get fucking <laughs> Okay. Now, in all seriousness, this is my thing about Dallas Keuchel. I think that this is a good move by the Atlanta Braves. No question. There was almost not a better fit out there, reason being this. The Braves are a playoff contender. They are certainly not a lock, but they are a playoff contender with very young pitching led right now by Mike Soroka and Max Freed. I think that you don't know how many innings those guys can give you. Mike Boldenavich coming back a little bit, but has not been as good as he was last year. They clearly needed depth. They clearly needed a veteran leader. I've heard that Dallas Keuchel is great in the clubhouse. I think this is a good move, but... I'm listening to the but. I am not sold that this guy is going to be great. That's the thing. He's 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 been... It's like every other season he has a great year. His last one was in 2017. So if you're keeping up with the same trend, sure, he's going to have a great year. But it's like the dude is not a guaranteed... You know, 15-plus win start. Now, and, and my other thing is that I don't want to harp on this too much, but last year we saw guys like Arietta, Alex Cobb sign late into spring training. Mm-hmm. Basically completely miss it. And they stunk. Right. I mean, they stunk. Cobb really had a lost year. Arietta was mediocre at yeah. best. Oh, yeah. I mean, he wasn't good. He had a hell of a regression. Right. So... Now we're talking about someone that didn't just miss that. This guy has missed months of the season already. Do we really think that it's a lock that he's going to be able to come in and be productive? I don't know. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I wouldn't guarantee it by any means. Absolutely not. I mean, I think one of the like Scherzer would be one of the few guys that I would say if he was a free agent for this long, signed with a team immediately he becomes the ace on the team, you know? And he immediately really boosts that rotation. Keuchel is not the kind of guy who does that. I mean, he, look at his last season with Houston, he had a 374 ERA, solid. Yeah, he'll take it on any team. It's good, take it, any given Sunday. But year before that, 2-9, all-star, big time. You go back one more year. Four five five ERA, and I was coming off a of Cy Young year. So, got the every the, other year syndrome. Oh, the every other year syndrome, which you know, again, you may think that he, he's, he's due for a good year this year, but you know, it's no guarantee at all. It's no guarantee. I would not be surprised if the guy pitches above four ERA. Yeah, I, this is not something that I lock in as being a great move. I think it is a good move in the sense that they needed a guy like this. They needed new more innings. And it's um, one year. It, it's it, one year. It's no obligation. Not, not right. a big risk. Um, but this doesn't feel like a move that is going to greatly, greatly enhance Atlanta's chance at winning this division. No. Now he's, he's just you know, he's he's just a little overrated in general right now. Right. He is. Um, and that's why I think you didn't see him sign a, a big deal in the offseason. No. Now, let's get on to the second guy. A little bit different story. Definitely different. Definitely did not get what he wanted. As reports said, he was seeking six, six. years for $120 million. That's ridiculous. You were never going to get that, Greg Gans. You're not coming off the greatest year. You were mediocre in the postseason. Gotta suck it. Stank. He signs with the Chi-Town Cubbies, the Chicago Cubs, Wrigley Field, 
in the Lecrae Kansas for three years, $43 million. What's your take on this move? Personally, I think it's a great move. I think I, I, the Cubbies already had a solid bullpen, you know, and I think this this definitely boosts a little bit. You know, they were middle of the packish. Now this propels them, you know, in the in in, in the highs of a, of a top ten bullpen, um, especially for a team like this that has they have the offensive prowess, guys like Baez and Rizzo. You know, the offense is going to produce. You got Kyle Hendricks throwing friggin' dimes. And I think this is a great move. I think it's definitely a good signing. And he's, this is a kind of guy who, in my opinion, has been consistently good. He's been an all-star almost every single year. He had at least 30 saves almost every single year. Um, he's, he can easily have, you know, 45 save season plus. And bang, bang, boom. He immediately becomes the closer. Yeah, th- this one is another one that felt like a no-brainer. Um, Again, I, I worry a little bit about him coming middle of the season, but you do get two years more on top of that. There is no doubt that this Cubs team needed a lockdown reliever. Whether they were going to have to get it through trade or free agency, we didn't know. But Craig Kimbrell will immediately slide into that closer spot. You get to push a guy like Pedro Strope back. You get to push a guy like Steve Ciszek back. These are not the types of guys that you want closing for you late in October. I think the Cubs make a move that says, hey, Dodgers, we're here too. I think right now they're the team that gives them the the biggest run for their money, the Dodgers. Um, And Craig Kimbrell really uh, is going to help that case come October, I think. Agreed. Steve Ciszek, on a side note, looks like a combination of Steph Curry and Yeah Yeah from the Sandlot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, You can take a look. Look it up. I will. I will absolutely. Because that's exactly what he looks like. Horrible right Steve Ciszek really does. Ladies and gents, let me confirm this for you. Look it up on your own time. He looks like a combination of Steph Curry and yeah, yeah. (laughs) You love to see it. Yeah, I love it. And now, a word from our sponsors. The best part about waking up is Folgers in your cup. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Folgers coffee. Nobody does it better. I feel like this is the quintessential diner coffee. You go to your grandmother's house, you will see a thing of Folgers sitting on top of the microwave, ready to be brewed. Personally, I gave up coffee last September. It made me do big fat diarrhea in my pants. It got to the point where I was sitting in a meeting and I had to pretend to take a phone call so I could leave go to the bathroom. I was going to see a gastroenterologist. And I talked to my dad, shout out Michael Barr, if you're listening. And he said, hmm, I was having a similar sort of thing. I gave up coffee and I was good to go. I thought to myself, there's no way it could be that simple that just cutting coffee out would turn my digestive system into a lean, mean, dukin machine. But boy howdy was I wrong. I cut out coffee and I shit you not, pun intended, it was like night and day. Once I cut the coffee out, we're talking solid dukes, we're talking, you know, three times a day, twice a day kind of thing, like a normal human being as opposed to like 10. So look at me now, Ma. I mean, I'm a new man, I got clean intestines, clean bowels, you gotta love it. Folgers can absolutely suck it just because I don't drink coffee, but for everyone else, Folgers, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. That's an excellent story. Thank you, Michael. You gotta love to see it. Dad passing on his wisdom to the young buck. Yep. Helping him out, making sure he doesn't take ten dookies per day. Gotta love Cuts it. it down to a nice two, three dookies per dia. You love to see that, folks. Folgers is a very mediocre cup of coffee. That being said. It sucks. It's, it's not that great. You know, you, you don't love to see it. If someone's giving it to you, you feel like, eh, you could have given me something better. But it is the classic. I'm a classic, man. Nice part of waking up. Folgers in the cup. Gotta suck it. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on. Go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on. Get paid. All that glitters is gold. Only shooting stars make the muffle fold. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a segment that we call, Hey Now, You're an All-Star. Come on, boy, 
We're going through the AL uh, votings right now. We'll go through each position real quick, give her a little two cents, and then we'll do a quick little thing, do dead for the NL. Hasn't come out yet what the uh, rankings are, but we'll give our two cents. Let's do this thing. Start it off with catcher. I now, think, I, my opinion, it's a lock. This is a lock. The Bean Man has played under 50 games, yet he has, what, 18, 19 dongs? That's absolutely ridiculous. The guy is hitting a homer almost every other game. If he plays a full season, you know, he's, he's chasing Big Mac. This might be the biggest lock on the ballot. He is so much better than every other catcher in the American League. It's ridiculous. That's all I have to say about that. He Moving is co-leading the American League in home runs. This is an absolute lock. Shout out Gary Sanch. Now, first base. A little bit more. A little bit more here. Oh, yeah. But who's leading it? It's Luke. It's the fan favorite, Luke Voigt. You got to give it up. In my opinion, you might have to uh, throw a bone to Mr. Pillows, the guy. Old as fucking dirt. Yet he's still mashing dunks. Personally, I just don't want to see another Yankee on the ballot, so that's my reasoning for taking Pujols over Voight. Voight, in Mikey's defense, is absolutely killing it, but he's got a son. I am taking Luke Voight here. Okay. However, the guy on the list that I think deserves a little bit of a shout-out, G-Man Choi. That is not it. Okay. It's actually Carlos Santana having a very nice season. I think Carlos Santana makes the all-star team. May not be as the starter if Luke Voigt continues the way he's been playing. Uh, but Carlos Santana, definitely someone who deserves some consideration for that spot. Moving on to second base. Leading the votes. A little bit of a surprise here. It's Tommy, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy LaStella. My now, personal opinion, love it. Big fan. Tommy. Big, big fan. Kids having a hell of a season. Tommy's definitely got the numbers, but you know your boy loves a little DJ LeMahieu. No. I'm on the DJ LeMahieu train. Tommy LaSella having a great season as well. Moving on, we're looking at third. Bregman. You might as well lock him. You might as well lock him. Bregman. You don't need to say anything else. You don't need to say anything else except that the happy fella is in second place in the vote getting. You gotta love it. Giovanni Urshela, the most happy fella. And let's see what Matt Chapman can do. I'm interested to see if he can climb up there. I think he can climb up the rankings. I think he's definitely way under there in voting. Also, falling off a little bit recently with his injury, but uh, Hunter Dozier having a very nice season for the Kansas City Royals. Gotta love Hunter. Up next, we have shortstop. And to me, this one is one that the vote-getters are getting right. Jorge Polanco, no doubt about it, deserves to be starting at shortstop for the American League. I am a big, big fan of Timmy Boy Anderson. Wow. Love the game that he plays. Love the intensity. I think he's a quality guy. He plays for an absolute duke and a half of a team. That being said, he's almost definitely not going to win it. They'll probably go to Jorge if the cards continue to fall as they are. That's even an idiom. I don't even know. Moving on. Outfield, I think George Springer, Mike Trapp, that's a lock. That's a lock. Springer's got to come back healthy, though. Um, Mookie has been on the tear lately. Since since the start of the season, he's been really uh, he's been firing. I think if he continues to fire at this rate, he can climb up to the, to the top three. Austin Meadows having a hell of a year. I mean, that has been an unbelievable pickup for Tampa Bay. Also want to give a big shout-out to Michael Brantley, leading the league in multi-hit games. A seamless fit, a perfect fit in that Astros lineup. And you know it's a load of shit, these fucking rankings, when Aaron Judge is seventh. The he fans, hasn't even fucking swung at the, the bat. The fans want what they want because Joey Gallo, who's sitting right below him, also deserves some credit. But I, I do think that Trout, Springer, Meadows, I'm, I got no problem with that. Uh, and DH, I mean, they lock it in. JD Martinez, JD, no doubt about Although, that. Pence is having a hell of a year. Now, gotta give a little big shout out to Pence. Come on, boy. Quickly talk through the National League. We are cruising through these. Look at this. Cruise, cruise control. Nelson Cruz. Baby, you make me want to roll my windows down. Cruise. Catcher for the National League has got to be Wilson Contreras. Oh, uh, this a very nice year for the National League. He is the best catcher in the NL. Totally deserves to win first base. Little man 
my opinion, yet another cubby, Anthony Rizzo. You're going Rizzo. Dude is having a hell of a year. He's got 45 ribeyes. He's hitting 276. You gotta love that. His OPS is 933. I'm not taking Anthony Rizzo. I think that it's gotta be Josh Bell leading the whole league in RBI. That's over Cody Bellinger. That's over Co- uh, Christian Yelich. Uh, to me, Josh Bell, the Pittsburgh first baseman, and his breakout campaign deserves the starting spot over Anthony Rizzo. Now, we head over to second base. Now, for me, that's a little guy who's been a surprise this year. It's the pop calling the kettle black. It's Kettle Marte should be starting at second base I dig for that the National pick. League. I dig that pick. Kettle Marte. Make that lock down in his two. I believe he has 16 home runs. He definitely deserves it. That's a lot of home runs from a middle infielder. Now, on to shortstop. Who you got it short for the National League? So, short, I mean, I hate to pick yet another Cubby, but Javi Baez is just on an absolute fucking tear. Uh, I mean, the dude's, he's a great A stud. That being said, another man, his name is Trevor Story. Man has 15 dongs, 43 ribeyes, almost batting three hundo. Started off to see the red hot, cooled down a tiny, tiny bit, but you can't sustain a 350 batting average the entirety of the season. I'm gonna lock in Trevor Story just because I don't want to do another cut by. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with Trevor Story. Also has scored 57 runs, tops in the majors. To me, he should be starting at shortstop for the National League. On to third base. Well, I'm taking his partner in crime. It's Nolan Arenado, one of the lot. most consistent players in the MLB. Nobody's talking about it, but guess what? The guy is hitting 331. He was a 381. Oh, This guy deserves it. So, Another great year for Nolan. 55 RBI, 16 home runs. You gotta love it. Lock it in. Absolutely. Absolutely. I have to Come suck on. it. That's a lock. Moving on to the outfield. Outfield, I think the locks are the ring my bell. Saved by it. Cody Bellinger. Enough said. Don't need to say anything else. Crispin. Yelling and screaming, Yelich. Don't think he needs to say anything else about that as well. We've said it all on this podcast in previous episodes. Um, Jock Peterson. I mean, Jock Peterson, 18 dingling dons. Jockey. 33 RBI, 254, 357. Oh, beep. He's got to be in contention. And I would also say, if we wanted to add one other guy to the mix in the outfield for the National League. Well, how about Ronald Acuna Jr.? He is probably my pick to be the other guy. 279, 363, 14 home runs. He's really come on since moving back to the leadoff spot and, to me, deserves to be starting with the big guns. He's an absolute stud. I don't think there's any denying that. You gotta love it. You hate to see it. Everybody's gotta suck it. I believe we have just concluded this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, what the hell are you even doing still listening to this? We're at, like... 50 minutes in, I mean, you got nothing better to do. But, ladies and gentlemen, we love to have you here with us on the podcast till the very end. Oh, we uh, dragged a little bit at the end there, but you gotta love what you're seeing. The boys came back strong, and I think we got back on a two-week pace. You're gonna love what you're gonna hear from us. Let's go Yankees. Mets stink. Subway Series coming at you tomorrow. Coming at you tomorrow. You gotta love it. You gotta suck it, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, boy.